Yo, what's up, Sam? Hey, Nathan. What's up? So you sent me a photo. Did you look at it yet? No. Okay. You gotta, you gotta right. look at the, the top one first. Okay, the first one. Now, I know you guys are listening. Um, the first one is a photo of two people on a beach. Um, it's a bride and groom. Looks like they're exiting. They're processing out after being married. Is that is that right? Yep. Happy, happy as can be. Happy as can be. And I am now zooming in. There's now a zoomed in photo <laughs> of their faces. And they're like, what's happening? No. Oh. No, look at his lips. He's got lipstick. He's got lipstick. He's got lipstick. There it is. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, dude. I her lipstick. don't know if I've ever actually seen that. Yeah, her lipstick just went straight oh. up on his lips. <laughs> My God, that's so funny. Okay, hold on. I gotta listen. I gotta look at the. The zoom yep, out one Now it's now it's super obvious. That now it's all that you see. Yeah. It's all I see, on the main photo. Oh, that's too good. <laughs> she had beautiful lipstick, but it was very uh, yeah transferable. Great lipstick. Nice, uh, very bright red. So actually, like um, somebody uh, was mentioning to me um, that they have a a third-party flash brand um that i ended up buying uh for the sony a9 and i brought to this wedding for the first time uh-huh and it was inc- it was actually incredible shooting really with the flash yeah i was really impressed now um it was a slightly different situation like first of all it was a white tent so bouncing was super easy sure. but also the lights were not dim at all so i didn't have to play around with any focus assist beam i could just focus using oh that's great continuous focus um so i'm curious how it will work still in, in low light but in a darker yeah, environment the, yeah. the camera with this flash on it automatically switches from um showing you uh, a, an exposure preview of your settings to showing you an auto meter because it knows you have a flash on so that's really nice so you don't have to like switch out of two modes to get a that's proper great. proper view through the viewfinder and yeah it's just oh oh my favorite part about it is when you're taking a picture even if you're doing like a burst of a ton of pictures it will occasionally and and in a way that's not a problem like show you a quick photo preview of what the flash exposure is looking like in real time oh interesting yeah in in your in your viewfinder in the viewfinder so you can see instantly if suddenly you're bouncing off something you know twice as close and it's overexposing or it's in a weird direction or anything like that it it's not like a full-on image review it's just like this brief blink to show you what the what the flash result is looking like yeah, I was, that's awesome. I really like that, and uh, yeah, the quality of light and the the recycle time and everything is fantastic. Let me get the box so I can say the brand. Hold on. Is it that like Yamoto? Something no, or other. Uh, Godox. Godox. Oh, Godox. Yeah, I also got a wireless flash trigger. I don't know why. Maybe I'll use it at some point. But. Um, yeah, I, I did not use any focus assist beam, and I think what my problem was with these is that the assist light, the like infrared light, right. is a little overwhelming, I, I believe. Maybe it was a different brand. I get all these Chinese brands <laughs> confused, um, but... I'm curious to see what the assist light, like the Nikon one is like nice and subtle. Yeah, but it's fine. Some, some of these like off-branded focus assist beams are... It's like a giant spider web is all over your subject for a moment. And it's oh, really yeah. distracting. Yeah. That yeah. is kind of annoying. I've seen that happen before. Yep. 
Yep. I want to uh, say it was Godox brand, but I could be wrong. Yeah, something else with a Y. I, I, maybe I, I don't know. I I'm I'm not very knowledgeable on flashes because I've always used just the Nikon brand uh, I know. strobes. Yeah, and that's it. Somebody I was shooting with somebody the other day that was trying to tell me that Canon flashes were better, and I was like, "What are you even talking about?" I was I, like, "There's yeah, there's, I don't know. I think they have built-in wireless <laughs> transmission now. I think." That's uh, fine, but I'm talking about he was like recycle time, and I was like, "No, you're wrong." I don't know. I never wait ever for recycle time unless I'm at full power. Yeah. So, well, but, and yeah. he had to use a battery pack, so I'm like, "Dude, oh, what are that's, you even saying?" Yeah, I would never Cause, do that. Yeah, because yeah, I don't need a I don't need another thing on my belt. Yeah, another thing to make sure it's charged, and I'm having enough trouble keeping up with these. I, I still do it every wedding, but it's still a bit of a pain to have to recharge these dedicated GPS trackers. They, oh, work, yeah. they work marvelously. I just got back from Italy, and they made us check uh, our bag. Um, oh, it's wow. the stupidest thing in the world. So, yeah, you can have two carry-ons, but they have to be under a certain weight. I'm like, wait a second. So your a carry-ons have to be under a certain weight? Why? And they're just like, I don't know. It just does. So we had to transfer a lot of weight to a bag that got checked that was then put on the same airplane. So the weight is the same. <laughs> I'm confused at why weight matters at all. Uh, I could see size, but size, anyway. sure. So they checked our bag, and I was thankful that I had my GPS tracker because I could see that it made it to Paris. You know, it, they, once they started moving the bag, it triggered a GPS ping, and bam, I could see the update on my phone. That yeah, is awesome. I, I know my bag made it to Paris. And then as soon as so, I got to Dulles, same deal. It was, it was, if so, if for instance, your bag was to fly grow wings and fly to LA and you were flying to Paris, you could be able to instantly see that it, you could, but I have it set to, um, optimize for better battery life. So it only does a, um, every hour ping okay, on its gotcha. own, or if it detects enough movement, not GPS movement, but actual, like there's a sensor, like a gyro or something that detects movement. So if it's just sitting on a plane, uh, it's, it's only going to ping like it'll ping every hour. hour. Yeah. Something like that. But if it gets, as soon as it gets moved, jostled around, it'll ping again. Something like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Something like that. Um, yeah, but they, they, they've proven to be great, uh, overall is just this passive thing. It's just, uh, yeah, you kind of have to keep them charged cause they will die, but they, they do charge over USB. It's not like a huge. And deal. how long do they last? Um, I, I haven't actually even uh, a couple days. I haven't actually even tested so more it. than a day. Yeah. 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 I haven't actually done a hard test cause I just basically do it every time I go on a wedding. Right. Yeah. That's but, awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad you're liking this. But it is um, a pain to keep track of yet another thing. Is, is this charge? Is this plugged in? Et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Dude, what have you so, been up to? Uh, so I shot, shot a wedding. Well, I was on vacation last week, but the week before that, um, I shot a my first wedding with the D5, and nice. I was oh, really, yeah. really happy. Think? Dude, it, okay. it was great. Cool. Um, How's that autofocus? <laughs> Autofocus was awesome, uh, so so fast. Um, mainly, I'm just looking back through, and the colors are very love, very awesome. I like, love the colors. Extremely yeah. vibrant colors. Great dynamic range too. De- significantly better range uh, than even the D750, which I was. So really... that's that's something I haven't done any hard and fast tests about. But ha- yeah, did, me you, ha- did you try overexposing and recovering, or did you just do underexposing and recovering? I, I was mainly 
a little you told me to overexpose slightly so that's what i was doing and i think that that's fine probably the colors came out a little bit better but i don't know if really the highlight recovery is all that different from the d750 i was mainly be i was mainly able to expose the highlights fine and st- and bring up more in the shadows um gotcha I, gotcha i'm and by that i mean the shadows already looked pretty good like even gotcha. w- without too much without as much tweaking as i would without like as much bumping up of the shadow uh slider in mm-hmm. lightroom um i was getting better like Got more it. i would say more accurate more detailed shadows uh with the d5 for sure so on paper it's actually got like less dynamic range than i think even the d3 or the That's d700 yeah uh which is interesting and i think overall i definitely you know having shot now a full year with it I, I overall i do lose highlights too much uh compared to other camera systems but yeah i actually think there might be some magic happening in the fact that there's limited dynamic range in the way that it uh pushes and you know, processes the shadows and the colors like yeah. i think it's actually it's just like um i can't remember if we talked on the podcast or not but i'm sure i talked to you about it. that time where I, I photographed a session on raw plus jpeg and all the jpegs imported and yeah. i was starting to edit the jpegs with my normal post-processing having no clue that i was editing jpegs instead of yep. raw <laughs> and i was like holy crap these look amazing what's going on here <laughs> until until i got to one where the white balance needed a huge adjustment and then i was like why does this look like crap uh, and but you're I, like oh yeah. god but I think that that having that lossy format is is actually doing something uh, in in a sense, and and maybe there's something similar happening with uh, with less dynamic range on the D5. I don't know, but overall, I, I just yeah, I'm with you. I love the colors yeah. on this camera. Now, tangent, but have you ever shot like a whole session on JPEG or shot like a significant portion of something on JPEG that you were just and and no raw? Oh, geez, uh. I don't know. I don't think so. I can only think of one time that I ever did that. And it wasn't a a press conference. I don't know. Yeah. I was shooting, I was shooting some event. It wasn't a wedding. It was like a, it was event in DC at, I think the Ford Institute or something. Anyway, it was some kind of uh, thing where mayor Vincent Gray was there and a bunch of other big DC people were there a couple of congressmen um congresswomen and um it was i think it was just during like the reception part but i was shooting around and shooting and shooting shooting i shot about two or three hundred photos and i looked down and i'm shooting i think jpeg medium Ugh. Is um, this on the D750? Because they put that quality on... button in the worst spot imaginable. <laughs> I want to say it was on the... S- no, I think it was on the D700. Uh. Or maybe even the DF. That might have been when I was shooting the DF. And um, and I was like... And so anyway, I came back and I, I edited them. They were fine. Um, but I was just so mad at myself yeah jpeg can do surprisingly well if you don't need to shift your your colors at all but uh, i mean that's what they're end up there's what they're gonna end up looking like anyway so at the end of the day you're making everything into jpeg so 
whatever. Yeah. But I just, I did think that was interesting. Um, and, you know, fairly eye-opening. Also, just again, it really would be nice to have a lock quality option, even if it's buried deep in the menus. That yeah. would be pretty cool. Yeah, they they do a pretty crappy job of uh, adding functionality, like to the like so many little things like that could be solved with firmware yeah. updates. Yep. You don't even just you don't a, have to manufacture anything at all. It's just a little bit of programming. But that's yeah. literally like you could even do. Uh, yeah, it's so annoying. I mean, you could do a software update and just say like, "Hey, we added one menu item. Uh, go into go into the raw settings. Click lock raw. Done." Seriously, yeah. Yeah. that took me two seconds to think of i guarantee you take less than a month of developing to yeah to actually do that <laughs> that's like an afternoon i would think at the most but yeah it's it's oh well but other than that you're pretty happy with the camera Great. yeah very happy with the camera i really haven't dived too far into those files i just threw a few on instagram um because i've got another wedding ahead of it that i've been cranking on cool um but yeah, so next next week, next podcast, I will have a, a, a significantly more in-depth D5, you know, off-the-cuff review for you guys. Nice. Yeah, I was thinking about doing a D5 re-review. <laughs> That'd be cool. Re-review. I'd read it. I, I actually spent um, a shameful amount of time this morning watching uh, some YouTube videos on this feed called, uh, actually, what was it? Um honest trailers have you ever heard of that oh i love honest trailers oh my God, it was so <laughs> awesome. uh, i spent most of yesterday watching uh alien covenant finally oh, and uh and i watched probably it be a good one and then i did one of my favorite things i haven't done in a long time i watched it and then i immediately watched it again with the director commentator like back oh, to back okay and that was great and then you did uh, wait you did that this morning no yesterday yesterday oh. yeah <laughs> i'd be impressive this morning uh so uh, anyway and I, I realized he had actually pretty good um you know he was a good commentator it was uh ridley scott just ridley scott by himself doing his thing and then uh i realized he also had one for prometheus so i watched that as Ooh. well <laughs> so yeah just kind of on in the background uh, i was gonna say was hopefully hilarious. you were actually editing during these doing seven hours stuff. of course yeah but the funny part about prometheus he must have been having a bad day because his commentary was basically i don't know at least four or five times he was talking about like a decision he made like they have these red balls that scan yeah. the environment automatically they so clear cool. yeah and he was like you know no matter what level you get to in Hollywood, like people, like you, no matter how much you've earned, uh, people will still question you. And he was upset about it. I would think this is actually something a director would like because I'm sure he gets to choose who he wants to surround himself with. But he was just yeah. venting about how, like, he was. He would literally say, kind of like quoting himself, like somebody would say, "So, so why are we?" Do, do we need that red ball? Like, why, why are we doing that? Or, well, you know, do we need to do holograms on the table, you know, sci-fi? And he would just say, no, fuck you. Yeah, we're just doing it. Like, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> like, why don't you just, I'm going to tell you what to do. He's like, he's like, I don't know how many movies I have in this building right now. You know, I assume he was in this, a studio that he was recording. Yeah. He's like, I don't know how many movies I've done. But, uh, you know, you think after a while people would just, you know, do what I tell them. <laughs> It's <laughs> just like, oh my God, well, he's really letting go on somebody. But And he was like, and look how great that ball looks. That looks awesome. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. Well, it's a really entertaining commentary. That is the interesting thing. Uh, I've been thinking about that a lot as well, just kind of maintaining your own identity. And um, Ridley Scott, I mean, say what you want about Alien Covenant, because it was not 
all that great of a movie. It was okay. Um, my opinion, I enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed it, but it was I loved Prometheus. So and, and I was like, eh. this one was like very straightforward. Anyway, the point is. You can't just go in and say, hey, Ridley Scott, are you sure you want to do some practical thing where we could do some, you know, super easy other way of doing it? Like, instead of having a ball throwing up in the air and it just, and it goes around and scans, you could just press a button and everything would just be scanned. And I could just see him saying, no, the point of his, of Ridley Scott's aesthetic is that there's lots of practical effects, there's lots of... Um, there's lots of visceral storytelling, um, and don't question, you know, Ridley Scott, (laughs) Ridley Scott. I mean, I'm sure there are other things you could question about Ridley Scott's direction. Um, but I just don't think effects is one of those. The other fascinating part about his commentary was that, uh, he was justifying and talking through decision-making of why things were the way they were. And it made a lot more sense, uh, hearing his thought process and like in his brain, why this was here and how it calls back later and other stuff like that. Um, That's awesome. I I was definitely going to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, obviously anything that needs to be explained, uh, for you to enjoy it usually, there is a problem, right? Nothing sure. should, should necessarily have to be. I mean, there's certain things, obviously, but like a film, if you didn't oh, like it, it's 100% it like, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you just didn't like it, and that's the director's fault. But it was great. It, it made it a lot better. And that actually happened with Prometheus. I thought it was like an okay film. And then I read up online about a lot of the you know insight into it and freaking watched that thing again with an, in an entirely different perspective that made me love it. Uh, so sometimes that can happen. That's probably just due to my own stupidity, but <laughs> not catching <Yeah>. on. <laughs> and also not but, not being that familiar with the Alien franchise, honestly, before, before oh, that gotcha. movie. I'd seen them, but I wasn't, you know, it yeah, was just kind of that, on That's cable. kind of the weird... Yeah, that's kind of the weird thing about Prometheus is that it's kind of like in the Alien universe, but it's not really an Alien movie. And so then they did Alien Covenant, which basically is in the alien universe and it doesn't really, it's not quite as effective. Um, anyway. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah. But then, um, after that wedding, I basically, uh, went to King's Dominion with a couple of people <laughs> for the first time in probably 20 years. Um, you did what? Or 15 years. Yeah. I, I don't go to amusement parks that often. Oh, you went to an amusement park. Sorry, you cut out there. Oh, um, that's yeah. awesome. Kings Dominion. Which one? Nice. Yeah, and we rode the Intimidator three hundred five twice. Um, which Love it. I don't know if the three hundred five is the height at which you do a massive direct straight down free fall, but um, I think it's pretty close, three hundred something feet. Anyway, how, that was fun. Then feel? I went to the beach. Do you get do you get motion sick now in your old age, or are you still good on no. it? <laughs> no, dude, I've got a stomach of steel. Yeah, that's I'm envious. Uh, it's not for everybody. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nessa and I were in Italy, and then uh, so that was exhausting. Yeah, and, uh, how did the super fun but renewal of vows go? Oh, it was amazing. It, okay, first of all, if you live in Italy, there's no excuse. You should have incredible photos. I'm sorry. Yep. There should be no bad Italian wedding photos ever. Uh, ever. Yeah. The there's venue no excuse. was 
just, I mean, just the greatest thing I've ever seen. And so that was, <laughs> yeah, that was made it easy. Um, and the couple was fantastic. And yeah, it was just the, the jet lag was, it was very intense. Six hours time change is a lot, especially oh, yeah. since we were traveling just three weeks before that. And, um, you know, that does a number on your, your psyche and your, your health, but I feel good now Definitely. finally coming back around. And it's nice to go from west to east where suddenly i'm waking up at 6 a.m and i feel like i slept in i love that so that's awesome yeah, yeah. coming back is always easier yeah and ate, ate one of the best meals i've ever had in my life um Ooh, tell me what you had it was a it was a lunch well it was a dinner place we, we went there twice for lunch in in siena and i almost can't even explain to you what it was because it was so weird and abstract um okay. and it was the kind of thing kind of place where at least for me i'm reading through the menu and i'm like oh gosh nothing sounds like anything you would want like anything i'd want so i just went for some some pork thing and every single bite i put in my mouth was just <laughs> It was like an experience. I just couldn't believe it. And, uh, That's so and awesome. every, every part of the meal, even just the bread was just scrumptious <laughs> in, in a way. Oh, yeah. that, uh, I just can't explain. So one of my all time favorite uh, lunches ever. And then, uh, part of the vow renewal, they actually had uh, a restaurant at the hotel where they, they did it, or it was more like a, I don't want to say resort. It was, it was a hotel, but it was like villas, like really nice Tuscan villas. Gotcha. It, wasn't, it wasn't like a Marriott here. <laughs> um, they had their own Michelin star rated restaurant. Oh, okay. that we, we ate there. It was like a eight course meal or something crazy. It was oh amazing. God, I love Italy so much. <laughs> yeah. They know how to eat. My goodness. But I felt kind of bad. Everybody, there was, I don't know, maybe 10 people there, including me and Nessa. And, uh, and I kept talking about Taco Bell. <laughs> you idiot. I could, tell, I could tell one of the guys is like, why are we talking about Taco Bell? We're in Tuscany with the food. And I just thought it was funny to compare like what you normally have in the U.S. compared to something like this or what I normally have. I was going to say, US. speak for yourself, Sam. I don't know. I, I, I eat great. That. I have plenty of great food and restaurants all the time, but I'm a regular person that often just goes by, you know, whatever I can find off the highway. That often includes Taco Bell. And uh, I don't remember what it was that made me think of Taco Bell referencing the meal we were having. But <laughs> obviously I wasn't saying this is like Taco Bell. But, um, <laughs> I'm sure you would have been okay, run right. out of the country. Yeah. I'm going to move on from that. I just thought it was funny. Uh, it, but it was, it was such a fancy place. It was, it, we were kind of like joking about how like, you know, they, they serve you almost like ninja style where just suddenly you have like a, a, an extra arm floating over. And then before you know it, it's already gone <laughs> yep. and cleared your plate and all this, <laughs> that kind of place. It was just fun to comment on. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, along those same lines, while, while we were in, um, South Carolina at this beach house that my family goes to every year, um, me and Abby actually made a three course meal, three course Italian meal for 16 people, which Whoa. was How the first time I've, I've ever done anything like that. Uh, and we like totally dominated. We made, How long um, did it take an actual, time? it took, uh, about, I guess about an hour and a half or two hours. Um, the, the dishes are incredibly simple because they're Italian and, uh, basically it's cacio e pepe, which is just cheese, pepper, and, Make any um, spaghetti. Gnocchi. How do you say it? Gnocchi? Gnocchi. 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 Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, we didn't like have gnocchi. Swallow, swallow the G. Gnocchi. Gnocchi. Oh. Um, okay. The That's G is silent. 
Um, and then we made ala, uh, we made amatriciana, which is basically guanciale, which is bacon, basically, for Italians, um, except really good. Uh, and tomato sauce. And then pollo alla rom- uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Pollo alla romana, which is basically <laughs> chicken from Rome. <laughs> okay. Roman chicken. It's this awesome tomato, bell pepper, onion, chicken dish. That's, That's like cool. a, kind of ends up nice. being like a soup. It's really awesome. Excellent. Yeah. All right. That's quite a quite a busy time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I other than this vow renewal, I only had one wedding in July, so that was um, it was. I did a lot of traveling for workshops and stuff, but uh, it was weird to have like a wedding July 1st and then basically a month and a half off in the middle of the season. It's kind of cool. But that is so weird. Cause that was my exact schedule too. Oh, I, weird. I had yeah. July 1st and then didn't have one until yeah, August. What was it? 8th, August 8th. Yeah. Tuesday. Or something. No, yeah. August. I don't know. Whatever Tw- that Saturday 12th. was. Yeah. It's all good. Oh. Uh, but it was nice. I, I kind of hope for that again next year. Like, it's it's cool to have a break in the middle of things. I mean, it sucked financially. I was just like, where's all my money? I need yeah. money. <laughs> but um, Where'd it go? <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, all good. I, I definitely hear that. Um, so let's, I guess we can, we can get started talking about um, today's focal length. Yeah, I think the conversation will be brief, so I'm glad we had a lot of other stuff to discuss, because <laughs> you and I, neither of us really use this lens very much, but it is it essential. Come in handy. It is essential for certain certain things, uh, and that would be? That would lens, be the... 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 70... Two... Two... Hundred... <laughs> <laughs> We should have planned that. That yeah, that would have been. We should have practiced honestly. Yeah, seventy to two hundred. Uh, f two point eight. Yeah. Or in my case, eighty to two hundred. Okay, so you have the yeah the very old pre vibration reduction. Version. Honestly, the lens is kind of garbage. Um, it's a tank, but it, <laughs> it's um, a garbage tank. It, it's a it's a tank because I've literally had it for I think nine years and it is been dropped thrown uh smashed the le- the front element has like fallen out during shoots <laughs> uh and it still keeps going there was a time where it just wouldn't focus and i thought I, w- I put it on the shelf for like six months and then i put it back on my camera just really randomly because i it had to healed <laughs> it self healed it was like little nanobots went in there and mm. uh, i it now focuses so i'm back in the game in terms right. of the 80 to 200. Super. Now, one thing you should play around with with the D5, I don't think it's a feature on any of your other cameras, is the, uh, have you played around with the auto, autofocus fine-tuning? Uh, yeah, fine-tune. Uh, I but the, don't but the really auto touch version. it that much. Oh, auto. But it, it, yeah, it does an auto version uh, where oh, you don't yeah, need you told any, me about uh, this. Yeah, you should check YouTube for the, like, the walkthrough. It's very, very easy. You don't need any cards or things you just pointed at something moderately contrastly like maybe the nutrition facts on a box of cereal or something okay. and uh and then it'll auto fine tune and that lens in particular i would imagine could could 
benefit from that. Uh, it's really, it's really fun, uh, really easy and it makes a huge difference, but okay. So you've got that lens. How much did you pay for it? Do you remember? It's like 500 bucks or something. I don't, I really, I don't know. I'm going to look up the, uh, the going rate right now. I bet you can buy it. And now, uh, avid listeners of the Epic podcast will remember that my 70 to 200, which I bought for $1,400 cash, um, a number of years ago got stolen when I left it at a Russian wedding that we were both shooting, and it's gone. Oh, that was a while ago, yeah. And that was a few days before I acquired insurance. Oh, um, dang. Yeah, okay, so I'm looking right now. It was made 19, your 80 to 200 is made in 1997. Yep. $600 used, 1225 brand new. Oh, man, it's definitely so, not worth that. Now, I... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I have the 7200 VR1 and um great lens. Yeah, it was my first like real true professional lens, I th- I think. I think I also had a yep. fif- the Nikon 50 1.4 which should have been professional but was actually a horrible lens. <laughs> the Nikon 50 1.4 is just bad. Um it's terrible. I think we've already talked about that in the 50 yeah. millimeter episode, but um I love the 7200 VR1. It is uh, I think such a good lens. Fantastic. The the VR two version I had when it first came out and reviewed it, and uh, yes, it's super sharp. Yes, it has better VR reduction, but um, it is just a bit more wide enough that I hated the feel of it. It was a little wider and I think a little shorter, but mm-hmm. the narrowness of the the seventy two hundred VR one, it's perfect for fitting inside of most photo bags. It's not at all bulgy or it just it's great. It, it just uh, it's fits so anywhere. good that I actually um only just a month ago, even though I'd never shoot with that lens, thought about buying a used one just to have it because mm-hmm. you know, because eventually my, my original will, will break. Yeah. And they don't they don't make them anymore, right? It's it's no it's no longer I think they're even on to like a version three now. I'm gonna check. Are they right really? Now, actually, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I literally check. do not know that. Yeah, I think they may have like refreshed, um, but, um, but I could be wrong. Yeah, the seventy to two hundred VR one. Um, I loved that lens because it just has absolutely brilliant colors and contrast. Um, especially throwing on my eighty to two hundred, there's very little contrast. It's like super yellowy. Um, and it takes a good deal of editing effort to make it look similar to the VR1 70 to 200. Um, it the 70 to 200 just I love it. It's so it's a very um, bold lens in terms of color. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, th- okay, so I did find they did they did re-release a 70 to 200 E edition, okay. which is the hundredth anniversary edition. It's $4,000 oh. and has a special, special logo and a brilliant metallic gray finish that actually looks really awesome. I'll send you the link. Yep. Uh, the metallic finish looks pretty, pretty awesome. It looks kind of like a space gray, uh, which is interesting. Oh, I, I kind of, I kind of like it, but, uh, dig that. not for $4,000. And, uh, it looks Lord, like it's otherwise man. exactly the same as the VR two, uh, that was released, I don't know, six years ago, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a very oh, okay. solid lens, but so it does look like they released uh, yet another version. I don't know when this came out, but it's $2,800 and it's 7200 F2.8 E F L E D V R. I have no idea what that even means. Uh, I think, 
I think it's a better, um, I would imagine more stabilization and some other more fancy features that I don't care about because I don't shoot the length very much, but um, it looks, I'd be curious to see the sizing. It looks like it could be a little more narrow. I don't know. Uh, it looks pretty big. Yeah. Are you looking at it right now? Yeah. It's got like three different rings, which is fascinating. I would assume one is for focus, one is for zoom, and then there's an outer one right next to the actual lens. Um, maybe we should have researched this before diving in. Because <laughs> yeah. this is like, I, I this <laughs> didn't pop up on my radar at this all. This is interesting. Whenever no, it came one. out. Yeah. Um, new optical formula. Minutes. Yeah. Apparently. Oh, fluorite lens element. A lightweight monocrystal optical element uh, has excellent optical properties while reducing overall lens weight. Interesting. So, okay, well, uh, Epic Podcasters, go look at the 70 it's, to 200 FLED. It's saying, it's saying four stops of image stabilization, which is crazy. But what's funny is they have that surrounded by two different shots of people moving, like, like I don't understand. <laughs> you can't. The image stabilization is great if you're photographing still life, <laughs> but uh, you know motion blur is, is is a real thing. If you're shooting with a second shutter speed, doesn't really matter. Looks like uh, great colors on this lens. Um, which I okay, one of the sample photos I would just like to point out, even though it's a low resolution, is 100% absolutely out of focus. <laughs> are, you, are you on the page? Look, look where the oh, guy's the, on the um, boogie board. The boogie board guy. Yeah, yeah that's wrong. His that's... face is definitely out of focus. It's I think it's missed. shooting. I think it's hitting the, it wave, the wave. on the wave behind him. Dude, you can't publish that. Yeah, I this can't is, believe this. This is the issue that I that I have with a lot of things that I see on people's portfolio. Is why are you posting that? Oh, where it's distractingly obviously there's something wrong with your image there's a lot right with your image and then one thing wrong with your image and that makes it that you shouldn't like you got beautiful perfect light but the guy's face is kind of screwed up or yeah the or the guy's face looks perfect or the or the bride's you know bride's got this brilliant expression but she's behind or she's in front of something ugly that makes no sense um, I don't know. That's just a, that's just a, not a rant, just a, a thought to just encouragement to people yeah. out there. Yeah. Post uh, you, only your best images, period. It's End interesting though. Sentence. You know, some, some people are really good at, uh, like, na- like narrowing in on a feeling that an image can evoke, even if it's technically messed up in some way but yeah. that's a really really hard line to ride um and it's and I, and I mean more than just like a soft picture that's been turned to black and white but some sure. people are just fantastic it, you know technically there's a problem but it feels very great and that can work for many people but it certainly can that but is definitely the, the, accept, the exception <laughs> to, to right. what most people should be doing yeah right and and emotion and feeling should trump uh, to use a, an unfortunate <laughs> the phrase, forever stained um, phrase. should should uh, <laughs> uh, should go over um, anything else. But at the same time, it still needs to be a good-looking image, um, yeah, and it needs to be intentional in a way that doesn't right. suck. And there's and there's <laughs> nothing wrong with 
giving that photo to the client. The, the problem comes in when you show it off as one of your best images when it isn't. That's, yep. that's my, that's all I'm saying is narrow down on your, on your best images. Anyway, back to 7,200. Okay. Let me, can I just say, say what you want about Ken Rockwell, but I just find his site very helpful. It's it just, is very helpful. It's such a great, uh, I don't know, repository for just facts. Like, you I don't, don't care. have to be the best photographer yeah, to know I what you're talking about. I don't care for his pictures, but, and, and a lot of his opinion is like, whatever, but man, it's just such a great, like, layout of information. I'm, I'm, I really enjoy it a lot more than uh, pretty much any place else. Plus, it's one of the first ones that always comes up. Always impressed by that. Um, yeah. So 7200. Yeah. I mean, I, it, the reason I got it uh, back in the day as one of my first real lenses uh, was because it's perfect for press conferences. It's what yep. um, it's what you need. It gives you the versatility to be right up in front of your subject or in the, you know, the back of the room, wherever you happen to end up based on the crowd and the circumstances. And mm-hmm. um, it just it has enough uh, compression that it just uh, can create a great bokeh and, and isolation to where a lot of the crappy elements in a lot of like press conference rooms are, are masked away and hidden but it also uh isn't so crazy like an 8514 or something that you can't read some of the stamp and repeat or something like that that generally clients really want to have you know legible in pictures yep uh, they really love their stamp and repeats i learned that lesson early on oh yeah they I was like, I, I'm going to shoot with an 8514 and be different. And the client's like, why can't I read a single word that you yep. know, the person is standing in front or behind? <laughs> like, well, I, we need to see some of the text. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is an art. <laughs> yep, I, I, would, art. I would hear that for like years after uh, on some of them. Like, now, Nathan, now you're, you're going to do that thing where we can see what's behind people, right? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I will do that. I always try and, and give a good mix, you know, get a really good tight close of up course. or something. But but uh, but that's yeah, that's what's great about that lens. I, I, it got to the point where it would be the only one I would bring. I wouldn't even bring. Uh, I remember to seventy. I, I remember you saying, "Yo, Nathan, I'm going to try to shoot just a just seventy to two hundred, not bring anything else." And then I tried it too, and it was it was kind of fun. Um, yeah. As long as you don't get a random, like, oh, we need a group shot. <laughs> yeah. Then you're, then in you're like, p- panorama oh, God. hell. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I thought, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's great. Great for press conferences. Um, great for um, any, any events, really, especially stuff on the hill where you need some reach. Um, and you don't yeah. necessarily want to be locked in to one focal length, i.e. 135 or... 85 or whatever um yeah unlike a wedding where you're generally the only professional a lot of these other events like you don't necessarily decide where you want to end up right (laughs) and so you know at a wedding you can shoot with a 135 because if you need to get closer you just stand up and walk closer but at a press conference or certain situation it may be sensitive to that in a way that you can't move and so it's a lot better to just bring one lens that you never have to change than like five lenses in a bag that you have to carry. And can I, can I tell you one, one interesting story related to the 80 to 200, which is, or 70 to 200 actually at the time was that, um, I had been contracted by the, uh, SPLC to, um, to Southern poverty law center. Yeah. Yeah. To go and photograph this like giant, like Republican rally 
Um, and I was kind of, I, I don't know how they Wait, found so, out. But they're, but they aren't Republican. Exactly. So were you there as like a, so you were there as a, the opposition. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so I come, so I come in rolling in with my, with my, um, oh, so here's what happened. So they were like, first of all, it's like not super high priority, but we just want to try to get you in anyway. And so I had, um, I was getting ready for the shoot. I was so excited uh, and so interested. And I left my 80 to 200 at home. And I had my 85, but I was like, dang it, I just don't know if I'm going to have enough reach um, because I don't know where I'm going to be. And right. uh, so I was, feel- I, was, I was already feeling like bad about that. And then um, I, I show up to this event and they're like, who are you with? And I'm like, I don't know who I said, but it wasn't the SPLC. SPLC. Okay. Uh, and as I was walking in through security, getting ready to shoot this thing, uh, a, three security guards stopped me and threw me out. Oh, no. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. How? How did they know in any way? I don't know. <laughs> Are you but, serious? Yeah. I must have. I, I really. It, this was literally like six years ago. I don't remember what I told them, but. They found me, and right before I went in, and it was a huge like rally. It wasn't like it was going to be a huge deal that I was there, but they kicked me out, and so I was That's like, "Well, surprising." Guess I didn't need that eighty seventy two hundred after all. Wow, was the client understanding? I, they had to. Have yeah, been. they paid me anyway. <laughs> yeah, That's they were amazing. like, "Yeah, I we knew they, you weren't going to get in." Yeah, I did a few events for them, but uh, it's been a while. Yeah, That's it's, fine. I like huh. that. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, but I've been on the other side too. I've I've done work press conference work for. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I think we even did that tea party conference together God. one time. The tea so that party was intense. Was, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Amazing. I mean, I've definitely seen both sides. It's fascinating these conferences in the world like that when all these people of any mm-hmm. any opinion are surrounded by each other. It gets a little weird. <laughs> it just gets weird. It does, and um, I remember at that rally which was or at that yeah uh tea party conference which was held at the washington convention center um this was in the run-up to the oh eight election right um yeah sounds right. and so mitt romney was in the running herman cain was in the running um and they were there and a bunch of other completely insane other people were there um yeah it was really funny because I, I, like i would see somebody really crazy go up and say crazy stuff and then yep. the next person would go up and, and they always kind of have their own talking points and they sure. almost never listen to the person that came before them so they would say things a lot that were like sometimes totally completely contradictory or yep. a lot a lot more toned down and reasonable but yeah. it's just funny yeah. that they were just like on the same ticket of speakers but uh in yeah, the some, audience, some of them were fine, and yeah, some were just it, nuts. As being in the audience, though, I would just feel very like uh, confused. I guess. Mm-hmm. Little, what am I supposed uh, to believe? Yeah, tell me exactly. what to believe. Yeah. Um, well, anyway. And, well, and last thing is during that rally, there was the uh, that was during the time the Occupy movement was happening, and there was a huge protest outside um, that. I don't know if you actually ended up going into. Did you actually get out in that at all? I 
I had an event. Was this at the Washington Convention Center? Yeah. Because I, I had an event where I went out and photographed some people protesting, but I honestly have no idea what it was about. I'll have to look up the pictures. Gotcha. But they were like wearing masks and holding hands and stuff. That's all I remember. Yeah. I just, I remember I, I went out there and there was a giant Coke Brothers balloon uh, mm. in the shape of like a fat cat with cigar and everything. And it's it pretty funny. When I was actually around and, and like in events, even right next to uh, like the Coke brothers or one of them, mm-hmm. uh, just hanging out with them. Uh, I, at that point in my life, had no idea who they were or why sure. they were a big deal or yeah. not. It was really funny. Uh, and I kind of enjoyed like knowing that people were really important, but having zero knowledge about yeah. who they were, what they were. <laughs> now I'm just like, wow, I can't believe that I was actually in the same room with some of these people just cause they are very, you know, they, they are the, the heads of these giant movements. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm trying to look for some of these pictures that I took at a protest. It was a long time ago. So, okay, back to 7200. Uh, yeah. I bring it to Catholic weddings as well. Yeah, that's a good call. I feel like I can get by with the 135 and then the in-camera cropping um, to to get basically a 200 equivalent in reach. But, uh, yeah, it's... You know, two years ago, I started throwing it in my bag, and I shot, like, six weddings in a row with 70 to 200. I had to, like, tell myself to stop. So I think I might start bringing it again just yeah. to see uh, just to see how it feels. It's so much um, easier mentally to shoot with that lens uh, and physically. I mean, all yeah. across the board, it's just, like, a fun thing because it does a lot of the work for you. Yeah, it's totally easy mode. <laughs> um, so um, it's it's kind of refreshing in that way. It, it can be it can be fun. It's always it's always interesting and never really a bad idea to switch up um, your your kind of shooting style um, anytime you want to. Um, and I actually found in looking for these protest pictures uh, uh, some some photos that I did that got printed huge and looked awesome uh, from a fashion event that i shot and oh, it was nice. like a run a runway event where people were dressed up like uh um in like food like can- candy and sweets and food? stuff yeah okay. well, pe- yeah, yeah 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 people were dressed up that was like the angle of it was uh it's called the sweet charity and people would like dress models up with food um and it, was all taste- t- it was family and tasteful it was fine but um i remember i was shot it two years in a row and the second year I came back and they printed like 10 of my photos huge uh, and they awesome. were all in se- 70 to 200 and i was like one of the cliche photographers at the end of the runway just like <laughs> snap 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 and like going crazy I, but the 70 to 200 was critical that. for that kind of thing yeah you know <laughs> and critical for that's that kind of another thing. thing that i like about um press conferences and things like that you i know that this might be a little bit controversial to say but I know we've all kind of sort of felt it, but you kind of have this feeling of like, hey, I'm this big shot photographer when you're the only photographer at a wedding. Um, and yeah. it feels it feels cool, um, you know, to, <laughs> to, to shoot, to be the only main photographer at something. But it's also like really kind of cool and humbling to go into a press conference that you are probably the least experienced person there. Um, and, um, just kind of, you know, just kind of getting thrown in the press pool with everybody else. 
I used to mock so much, not mock, but just like mentally judge in my mind, like, oh, that guy's just lazy. When, when I would be in another event and I'd see uh, a photographer hired to be there by some other company, mm-hmm. um, take a seat in the front and then shoot the entire event from that seat. Yeah. Now I'm trying to be that guy. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I, you can do it from one, can do one it. seat. You can do it and you can still get dynamic work. And, and, uh, you know, it's almost like an interesting challenge, but, uh, yeah, I just remember so hard being like, man, that guy, he cannot uh, be it was always, it was always a guy. I'm just saying guy. Cause it was always a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, any woman obviously would generally be like up and about it a lot, very active. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but maybe it was just the, 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 I don't know, probably five or six specific guys I would see over and over just plant down and then bam, it's just like, this is the spot. And they would stake out their seat early because they knew yep. it was the angle that they wanted. And now yeah. I'm just trying to be that guy. I also remember taking, you know, being at, at any event that there's like a lot of photographers at, dude, you, it is like, you guys are all there for the same reason. You need the same photos, but they are, they are just going to elbow you and get you out of the way so they can get their shot and you have to just do the same and afterwards you guys can you know have a a beer or whatever but while you're in there it's like dude i'm getting my shot get out of my way (laughs) yeah whereas in weddings it's like hey excuse me could you move a little bit for me thank you so much (laughs) thank you versus like get out of here crazy other photographer who i don't know I'm excited for the time, uh, at least for press conferences, where either mirrorless takes over or there's some some other technology shift that allows for burst shooting and zero sound. Uh, Instead of that. You know, <laughs> yeah. It would be really interesting because uh, right now, you know, you're kind of in, you have this momentum or intensity that happens when people are speaking they feel it you know when they hear the shutters go crazy uh and it'd be so funny fascinating to hear just complete silence it would be uh, yeah that yeah. would be really weird <laughs> yeah it would but uh yeah okay anyway. uh other stuff you shoot 80 to 200 with 70 to 200 um or no 70. that's i mean you know these days it would basically just be i tried it for um some headshots once and i i still i know it's a very flattering lens um but i still just could never get a look that i liked uh compared to like an 85 which is still flattering enough but just looked a lot better i thought yeah for headshots um yeah. yeah i used to when i was first and i'm i'm talking very first sessions but my uh, a number of early on engagement sessions i brought my 80 to 200 to and those photos don't look good at all um, anymore. But um, it was interesting to shoot some stuff with 80 to 200. Um, I kind of want to break it out for an engagement session and just see if there's any kind of shots that would work. (laughs) That would be intense. Uh, It's just such a big lens to carry, carry around. It is, especially because when you're on engagement session, at least when I'm on engagement session, it's, I'm extremely mobile, just like moving all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it would be, I think I'm going to do that, actually. I think I'm going to bring my 80 to 200 to my next session, see how it works. Give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Um, but you know, overall, um, I've only really had experience shooting the Nikon brand. I, I know Sigma's lenses in general have gotten better, but I think I tried a Sigma zoom a long time ago and it was the worst thing ever. So I never tried it again, but yeah. my Sigma um, 24 to 70 is like the worst lens I've ever bought. So yeah. And even, and I tried the Sigma 18 to 35 zoom or whatever. It's like an F 1.8 and it was okay, but it still didn't perform great. So I, I stay away from zoom lenses still yeah. that aren't, that aren't Nikon that wedding. It, that, that particular lens is great for Indian weddings. Um, yeah, good call. In particular, because you you're not necessarily looking for bokeh on those. You you just need a lens that can capture groups, um, but it's still a, a nice looking lens. It does have some distortion, but for groups of Indian people at an Indian wedding, it is a great lens. Um, yeah. That's, that's all, all right. I have to say about that. That's a good call. Uh, I'm going to try and make it a goal. One of these, one of these weddings in the next, this year, in the next month or two, to, to, to bring a 24 to 70, 70 to 200 and see, see how I do. Only? See how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. No 50. I, no. No, no 58. No, I, I mean, you, sh- I can definitely do good work and have happy clients. I'm just curious how it changes my, yeah, my style and my approach, if at all. Okay. Yeah, that's my that's my goal cuz that is like the main rig that many many photographers shoot with now. Yeah. Uh, they just all have a very different style than what I usually like. So I'd be curious if I can you know, still do what I do with uh with no primes. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Holy Trinity. Oh, um, uh, that 14 to 24. <laughs> bring it bringing on in the 14 to 24 aka the most badass I think ultra we should wide. save that for for a specific conversation about ultra wides. It we is will, a badass lens. We will you still have yours. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, and good. the the rubber ring has completely fallen off. I don't know where it is at this point. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, we'll get we'll get into that in a different episode. Yeah, yeah. It's probably a good place to wrap it up, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll get it back in another week. We, you and I are traveling next week, so I was yep. hoping we can do a. We'll, San Diego we'll, uh, epic podcast. Yeah, keep an eye on the Instagram. We'll we'll do some stories and stuff. Yeah. Uh, see, we'll be going what Sunday the twentieth through Wednesday the twenty yep. third. The twenty third. Yeah, it should be cool. fun. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, uh, talk to All you right. later. Yep. Later's.